I'm Jonathan of Arbanel. And I'm Kelly Kleiman. And we are the Dueling Critics. Welcome to our weekly podcast of reviews and news about Chicago theater. And today we're talking about Women Beware Women at the Tuppence Theatre Company, playing through September 27th. And Jonathan, I'm going to let you give some context for this piece, which, as the company says, is being produced in Chicago for the first time in 400 years. Well, Thomas Middleton was a contemporary of Shakespeare's and lived a decade longer. And Women Beware Women, we think, was written or at least first performed sometime in the mid-1620s. Middleton was one of the most important of the Jacobean playwrights. Women Beware Women is one of his two best-known plays, but it is one of those plays, to borrow from Shakespeare, that is honored more in the breach than the observance. It is never performed. It is rarely read. That, for me, raises the question of why it's being done at all. I found it extremely hard to engage with this play, despite the fact that director Catherine Walsh has immersed the audience in the production. There are a series of tables and chairs and even sofas and dining room chairs. They call it cabaret-style seating. The actors are among the audience, so obviously there's an attempt to engage the audience, but this is a play that's about adultery as the ultimate cardinal sin. So the sensibility is very antique. Why are we watching it? I think we need to provide listeners with a little more context. Jacobean drama was sardonic. It was licentious. It was probably one of the reasons that the the new puritanical regime closed the theaters in 1640. Okay, you're exploring morality, you're exploring lust. Women Beware Women is typical of a Jacobean tragedy in many respects. There is an uncle who has an affair with his niece. There is the duke who seduces another man's wife and then sets that man up to be killed. But because God is in his heaven and the green grass grows all around, the wicked are punished with death. All right, I think some of the issues of the helplessness or powerlessness of women, I think those are still pertinent issues. Not only in Women Beware Women, but actually in a number of other Jacobean dramas. There were indeed a few good speeches about women's rights or lack thereof, but again, the focus is on adultery and its ruinous consequences, and those are consequences which no longer really obtain. We benefit by knowing that in the Jacobean period, English people thought that adultery was a cardinal sin, but it's important when I watch a play for me to have some connection with the people. I want to feel that what's at stake is genuinely at stake. And in this case, instead, I felt like we were seeing a performance of things being at stake. The entire magic of theater for me is to feel reality in the illusion. Okay, okay Kelly, one of the problems is that this play is an ambitious choice for the twopence, or if you prefer, the tuppence theater company, and their reach exceeds their grasp. The acting is a very mixed bag. There are several people who are exceptionally good in convincing, such as Michael Mercier as Hippolito or Hippolito. There are others... That's the incestuous uncle. Right. There are others who are simply not up to the mark. The director, Catherine Walsh, also has made the, to me, rather peculiar choice 
of casting several of the male roles with women. Now, this is the opposite of what would have been the actual acting convention of Middleton's own time, but to have a couple of the men's roles played by women only indicates that they apparently don't have enough men in their company. The physical concept of it, the physical staging, is very clever and certainly very intimate, but the result is not up to the demands of the play. I think that Loretta Rizos is terrific as Livia. That's the woman of whom all others should beware. And I actually think the idea of casting women as men is very appropriate given the conventions that obtained at the time. It's sort of turnabout is fair play. Well, yeah, but, but it has to be all or nothing. And the decision to cast a woman as the idiot fiancé who is foisted on the ingenue just seems weird, and the actress doesn't improve on it by shouting. But I think fundamentally, I don't share the company's enthusiasm for the piece. Well, I think you have to look at what might happen if things were interpreted differently. You commented on the idiot. He's called the ward. He is a wealthy heir, and he is betrothed to a lovely young lady of, of good family. And you are correct, as interpreted by this particular performer, and certainly with the approval of Catherine Walsh as the director, the role is played as a pouty, spoiled brat. That is not the same thing as a fool. A fool can be genteel, and there will be more comedy that comes out of it, a more textured and maybe even a deeper reading of the text. A fool is like the character of Sir Andrew Aguecheek in Twelfth Night, not a shouty, pouty, spoiled brat. So I think we have two thumbs down. Women Beware Women continues at the Den Theater being performed by Tuppence Theater Company through September 27th. Even though the production is not up to the demands of the play, this is a rare, perhaps literally once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see and hear this play by Thomas Middleton. And maybe it's worth that. Kelly, you have a pick, right? I do have a pick. The Provision Theatre Company is returning to the stage with C.S. Lewis on stage. This is a one-person production, which they have done before. And it is playing through October 19th at the Provision Theatre space, which is at Roosevelt and Morgan. Brad Armacost, who is a really fine Chicago actor, plays C.S. Lewis and commands the stage in almost an hypnotic fashion. He is wonderful as Lewis, the prose maker. He is wonderful as the reciter of Lewis's not very interesting poetry. And he gives great weight to C.S. Lewis's Christian faith, which is the focus of Provision Theater Company and the focus of this piece. I found it extremely moving and I recommend it highly. Jonathan, I know you have something sad to report. Kelly, the Chicago theater community has had a devastating week. Last weekend, as beautiful as the weather was, in 24 hours, we lost two wonderful performers in the prime of their careers. A freak accident took the life of Molly Glynn, and an automobile accident took the life of Bernie Yvonne. These are both outstanding players of great versatility, engaged by all the principal theaters in town. In midlife and at the height of their powers in terms of careers, both leave family behind. In the week before that, we also lost to natural causes two lesser-known members of the theater community. Sati Word, actor and also a playwright, who was associated with the Impact Theater Company here, and the fourth individual was 
And the fourth is Trinity P. Murdoch. He is known for his work at Black Ensemble Theater. He played Joe Tex in the musical performance of the same name, but he was also a superior dramatic performer whose work was seen on the court theater stage and elsewhere around Chicago. He is a loss to the community, as are the other three. Broadway in Chicago and the League of Chicago Theaters chose to dim the lights at one of the Broadway in Chicago theaters in memory of these actors. The last week and the weekend particularly, the email and Facebook pages were buzzing, buzzing with messages and reminiscences and expressions of shock. It takes something like this to remind us, all of us, even theater critics, not only how fragile everything in life is, but how really small and close-knit the Chicago theater community is. And this was one of those times in sorrow where everyone has joined together. Oliver Shalom. The Dueling Critics Podcast is a production of Miracle Podcasts. You can subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or go to DuelingCritics.net and click subscribe by email to have us delivered to your mailbox hot and fresh every Friday morning. You can also listen to our back catalog in SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter at Dueling Critters and you can like us on Facebook. And most important, you can hear us on 90.9 FM WDCB Radio on alternate Sundays at 8 o'clock in the morning where we contribute regularly to the arts section hosted by Gary Zydek. I'm Kelly Kleiman. And you could read Kelly's work at HuffingtonPost.com and at ChicagoNow.com slash The Nonprofiteer. I'm Jonathan Abarbanel. And you can read Jonathan at WindyCityTimes.com, TheaterMania.com, and Footlights.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.